I'm strapped up. Nothing. What was that about? Let's make the fight happen. We strapped the fuck up. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 133 of the Trap Season Podcast. I'm your boy Cam. I'm your boy Flows. And as always, guys, you know the rules by now. Please head over to Strap Season Pod or Strap Season Podcast. Those are our Instagram and Twitter pages. And on the link of those pages, there's a um, in the link in the bio that will take you to where we're situated at streaming-wise. Make sure you head over to, to that. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, Flows, let's, let's dive straight into it. First of all, you're good, yeah? Yeah, what you said. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, yeah. We've got three main cards, I think, to, to preview. No, not to review mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, yeah, there's. I think there's major talking points from from, from, from this weekend, to be honest. Yeah. Or for me anyway. Yeah. So let's 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 get let's get straight into it. Let's start getting started. Um I want to talk about super Dan- super Danazis first flows. Mm. Super Danazis. Um he was up against the French national champion Thomas Foray, or Thomas Foray, <laughs> um, who is um, actually an ex-European champion. But this was for the European title, yeah. um, and so he's a favorite on this pod. We we really big up Dan Aziz. We like him. We like the route that he's taken and what he does in the ring and how he fights throwback fighter, as he likes to call himself. Ooh. He's done it again, hasn't he? He's done what he normally does. It's a typical Danazi's performance flows. Um, and yeah, he's done the business on the waste soil and he's brought home the bacon. Um, so yeah, I want to shout out Danazi's again for his excellent work and how he's moving and how he's operating in the, in the boxing thingy. But yeah, he was able to stop um, his opponent. I think it was the 12th round, wasn't it, Flores? Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to Tom, uh, shout out to Foray. He was very game. Um, strong and he was a bit of a warrior in there because he was taking punishment but Dan and Caesar, as we know what he does it's a war of attrition which only seems to suit him yeah. um, what, what what do you make of Aziz's uh, performance flows in this one and how he how we well it's his usual game plan but how, how do you how do you think it looked again on Saturday night yeah he, he looks himself what we expected um, we've said it on the pod before that he's he's so long to fight I mean mm-hmm. There was points there because he, you could you could hit him, you could land, you, you could have success against him. You might not think he's the best in terms of skill and you think you can outbox him, but you'll throw the kitchen sink at him. You'll do everything you can and keep coming forward. And he comes out of fights looking fresh as a daisy. You're bagged up after after the first fourth round. You're Lewis, bloody, you're I don't get it because I don't get it. The whole, in terms of how fresh he looks after yeah. the fight, I still don't get it because... He gets hit. He, he actually does. gets. He get. He, he takes shots. So he should be getting marked up. Yeah, but he, don't he, he, he doesn't look. He'll be looking. He'll be looking at you, smiling. and be like, yeah. He talks to you as well in the ring. we like, yeah, come on. We're like, yeah, come on. You walk forward, smile at you, nod, say yeah. So he, he acknowledges your work as well. So he's mm-hmm. not. He doesn't do the shake of the head where he says nah. He would nod yeah. and be like, yeah, that's what. Come, come. And it actually flows. It just. It just. It actually galvanizes him to go keep going. Yep. You know what I mean? When, <laughs> and um, I say it's, it's, it's confidence sapping because when you're you've landed a, a three piece combo and a guy's smiling and telling you to come forward and he mm. he's coming forward and you're just 
and you're bloody your tight. <laughs> you're getting beat up. <laughs> yeah, confidence happening. Uh, it's scary. Yeah, he is a nasty bloke to fight in there. We keep on saying that we will keep saying that because he's not going. He's he's never going to change flows. That this is this is going to be his star forever. I think that is he's never going to change. Or he's never he hasn't because he hasn't been given a reason to change. He we keep on fighting fights in this way. We're coming forward, just making it real ugly on the inside and real scrappy, and just sapping away your energy constantly and just being on you like a rash. Um, yeah, we both knew this was going to happen. We didn't even have to see um, the opponent too tough. Obviously, we do like to have some insights on our opponent, but obviously this is a guy we had no clue on, but we were both very confident that, yeah, it's going to be another typical Dan Aziz victory. Um, unfortunately, this French guy has to prepare himself for a world of pain because, <laughs> as you say, fighting Dan Aziz in there is horrible. It's horrible, horrible stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm really happy for him because, Flores, if you notice, he set out and done what he said he wanted to do. Uh-huh. From day one, remember, he said that he wants to do the traditional... When he won the British title, he said, oh, I think they obviously asked him what's next. And he said, from day one, I want to do the traditional way. British title, then do the Commonwealth, then do the European. And he's pretty much done that flows back to back to back now, pretty much, hasn't he? So, um, against... Um, who did he fight the last fight? Um, Rocky Fielding. That was for the Commonwealth. Yeah. That was on the line. Done that. And now, obviously, this is this fight straight afterwards. It's gone and fought for the Europeans. So he's got that. So, yeah, he's taken care of those three belts flows. It's almost not between him now. He, he grabbed the English title first. Remember, yeah. so he grabbed, grabbed the English, British. Yeah, he grabbed all of them. Yeah, real traditional route. Proper traditional. You don't really see that these days, to be honest. Um, but I'm happy because it's it's getting him active. He's the most active out of all of them. All the you know the light heavyweight crop that yeah. we like the British crop crop. It's going to serve him. It's going to do wonders for him in terms of his confidence and his ability, and just his ring everything in the ring because of the fact that he stayed active and he's been fighting these guys um, and it's, it's only going to prepare himself for when he does get the world title opportunities um, I wouldn't say he's ready for a world title shot yet flows but I do as you know we've, we've been very vocal about this we really want to see Aziz fight these other great UK light heavyweight prospects that we have in this country the only issue is now flows is I don't think these men want to fight him I will be so real. I don't think they want a piece of him. They, well, they're saying they do, but do they really? Mm. Mm. Well, obviously, recent news is that Wetsy has turned well, down yeah. a bivol fight, and yeah. he's apparently he's welcomed up. A, yeah, he's eyeing up a Dan Aziz fight. Um, yeah. it sounds like so. That's a great fight. Um, it's I need it. But <laughs> like, before. Before that, people criticized Wetsy for turning out a bivol fight for that, but we both said he's not ready. We both said he's not ready for a bivol. He's getting get so, pissed uh, up. Um, I think Dan Aziz is a fight he's he'll go into his favorite, but it's a great fight. Um, Amazing fight. I, I, I'd rather see that than him get touched by bivol. I'll be real. Facts. Um, so I think it's honest for um, Team Wetsy. And it's not like we're being short. We're being short-handed. We're getting a great fight mm-hmm. potentially. So yeah, I, I'm happy with 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 that wrap. I'm also happy if I, if that does happen. If that is what goes down, I'm welcome in it because that's going to prepare both of them for when because they both got water aspirations and they both will be going challenging at some point. This is the perfect iron sharpener, if you know what I mean, for that. Because um, yeah, they're both not ready for bivol. I don't think, but. Yeah, we can have that amazing fight. We can see who really is the best in the UK. 
Um, so yeah, hopefully that happens. I just think that obviously Boati is rightfully favourite. Um, but don't look, don't overlook Dennis. He can upset the apple car here. He's very difficult to deal with. That pressure, that intense pressure that he constantly comes with, might be tough for Boati. Well, obviously, if that happens, we'll break it down. But yeah, oh, yeah. I, I like the sound of that fight already. That that's that's a that's a great fight. But yeah, a lot of these other uh, UK light heavyweights, I don't think they're quick to rush and mention his name, you know, Flores. Fair play yeah. to Whitey for, for calling him out. Uh, but a lot of these other men, if you notice, that his name is never is never really mentioned. I think I've dropped it before. They don't, his name is never really mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> and it should be. <laughs> but once again, him going down this route, obviously yeah. signed with Sky and Boxer, mm-hmm. has boosted his profile as well. Um, yeah. He's, he's stopped former... Champions now in a rocky, rocky fielding. Yeah. Beat up, beat up people badly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think they they gonna they can't avoid him any longer. Yeah. <laughs> they can't. They got to keep, they got to talk about him now. They have to. They got no choice. Mm. He's not he's knocking on doors and yeah, just rattling cages. So shout out to him. Um. Yeah, man, we're going to continue to follow what Danzies has for us has in store for us because so far, flows. I think it's fair to say we're both liking what we see. Um. He's yeah, definitely someone to look out for, and I'm just proud of it. I'm happy for him, happy for his success and everything. So um, shout out to him. Um, main event flows, big talking point. Tony Yoka versus um, Carlos Takam. Now last week flows, people oh. were very vocal and clear, and said that yo Tony, if you lose this fight to Carlos Takam, it's incredibly long for you because you've just yeah. lost to Martin Bacardi. This is a very risky bounce-back fight, but you're up against Carlos yeah. Takam, who, as we know, is over the hill, 42 years old, about seven losses or so, lost his last oh. two fights, always loses to quality of opposition Takam. He always loses to the good, good people. So if yeah. you, who is considered a good... <laughs> considered someone that is highly rated, the French Anthony Joshua, blah, 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 you have no business losing to Carlos Takam. Tony Yoko's lost the car attack on Flores. So I'm going to come out and say it, bro. He has to retire. He has to retire. I'm sorry, because what, Flores, what I saw in that performance, for, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even joking here, to be honest. What I saw from that performance was a boxer that is soft. A boxer that has, mentally, is not with it, Flores. He's not with it at all. Wow. Not there at all. As wow. in, tentative, didn't want to throw. Tony Yoko is seven. No, is six foot seven, right? With oh. a eighty-two inch or eighty-one or maybe eighty-three inch reach. So, it's, how can someone that is that has that those gifts, those physical gifts, not used in one bit? Oh. Why is Carlos Takam beating him to jabs and out jabbing him? Why? Why is he coming on the inside and letting Takam bully him instead of staying on the outside and just boxing from range? Um, I saw a fighter that flows that just was scared. He looks scared to me, Flores. And I think maybe psychologically, he clearly hasn't recovered from his Martin Bacoli loss. And it was very apparent, I think, in this fight here because there was no aggression, Flores. There was no urgency from him. It was the same from round one. Tony Yoko, to me, is someone that has not kicked on from what we saw in the amateur days. He still fights to me like a bit of an amateur. And in the pro ranks, that's not going to get it done. He hasn't shown any improvements, any any leaps, whatever, so it was really. I thought it was embarrassing that performance from him. Mm. I, 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 it sounds harsh, but I thought it was embarrassing. And again, no business losing to Carlos Tackle. I'm sorry, it was poor, really, really poor. Yeah, it's sad. Um, 
we did say Carlos Sakai was a risk. We said that, that, oh, it's not the confidence boost the fight you need to go mm. back to and an experienced tackle. And while he's definitely over the hill, there's no doubt about that. But uh, we still expected Tony Yoka to win. Now, Tony Yoka, um, we followed his journey and we expected big things. Massive. Remember last time when he lost to Bacoli, even we've yeah. talked about all these fights on this pod, with recent ones anyway. Yeah. Duhapa, I, I questioned Duhapa. I questioned Duhapa. I can't take anything away from Yoka for now, right? but Duhapa, I expected more from him. So I, I couldn't even credit Yoka too much in that fight. <laughs> then he, he went on to fight Christian Hammer. Yep. And I said um, that fight will not raise question marks, but people will look at that with, okay, this guy's the real deal. Because he, he went life or death with Christian Hammer. It wasn't the best performance at all. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. It was, it was a great fight to watch. But we we know Christian Hammer's durable. Let's be real, like at the time as well. Yeah, but you're meant to be this big talent. Um, you're meant so, to show that you're a class above, and you didn't basically. Yeah. yeah, and to be fair to him, was like, okay, maybe that's a learning fight that he'll learn from. It was a great fight. He came through it. He won. He quite yeah. rightly won. But he yeah. went through Hellfire in that fight. Then Mike Bacconi comes and dispatches him and beats him up. And now Mike Bacconi's like, okay, up and coming. He's still making waves. But a fade attack up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, look, I don't even want to like be as harsh as you, but you even got it, you don't. <laughs> and the pro ranks. And quite frankly, it looks like of course, he hasn't kicked on. He just hasn't kicked on. It's the same, the he's making the him, same man. mistakes. And to the point where I understand fighters mentally, you've lost all your confidence. And I think obviously that, that Bacoli fight really sapped his confidence. That's but you have to push through it if you can, man. This is this is this is your livelihood. Your great things were expected of you. You've got, like I said, you've got the gifts, the size, the reach, the amateur pedigree. This is the guy that beat he beat Hergovich in the amateurs. He beat Joe Joyce in the amateurs, even though it was contentious. But he beat Joe Joyce, as in he's got real amateur accolades, and um, we saw a lot of promise in him. So for me to see that performance, he looked a shell of his former self. There was no confidence in his workflows. He was letting Takam out, outland him, outwork him, um, bully him. He's about bro. It was, it was. I'm thinking, bro, you're a, like stand up for yourself. What's going on? Like, fight back! <laughs> I was bro. there shouting the screen, fight back, bro, fight back. You're getting, you're getting beat up here by Takam again. All the respect to Takam because I've, I've always liked Takam because he always shows up. He always shows up in shape, game ready to fight. But as you say, flows. He's clearly over the hill now. 42 years old. It's oh. not the same Takam. The Takam that fought AJ was better than this, than this version of Takam. And he was even old when he fought AJ. But yeah, so my point is someone of Yoko's ability, ability should not be getting beat, pieced up like this by Takam. Man. Like, it's just the lack of urgency from him, the lack of aggression. Um, it was fought at close. I don't know why, I don't know what possesses him to for someone that's so big, flows he fights. He fights very little. He fights very small. Isn't he? Crouches down and comes inside, and he's getting. He's going to lose that all day to Takam, who is what six one or whatever. Like it, it, the game plan was nuts. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just didn't see. Like, like I said, as you said, flows you either have it or you don't. I just don't see it there. I don't see it there at all. Either, either, either. As you say, pro ranks ain't for him. He does call it a day. Or he has to change team. 
And this is a segue for us because we have to really talk about Virgil Hunter now. <laughs> we, we've asked this question I, several I, times. I, mean, like... I, I know, I know, first. And we, we spoke about it before. But it's, it's not looking good for him, I can't lie. Because n- nothing that Virgil Hunter said to me was good corner work. <laughs> you know, what's, what, what's it? Uh, that anime thing where people just fluke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like Buggy the Cloud. Buggy the Cloud, um, King. Well, your heart is looking like them man right now. Like, Damn. He, 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 struck gold, he struck gold with Andre Wood. Gold. He had a, landed in the bottle with uh, Andre Wood and ran with it. <laughs> ran with it. Because he had yeah. Andre Wood since how old? Since you. Yeah. Yeah. Since he stepped in the gym at whatever age, I want to say six, but that's me just making up an age. But yeah, had him from then, ran ran with it, and look at who he's trained. Like Joshua Bratzi hasn't looked like he's massively improved. Mm-hmm. Had some success with Amir Khan, but Amir Khan isn't a massive yeah. success story, to be honest. Yeah. Tony Yoka is a, is meant to be a gem. Down the pan. Yeah. Who else is Andre, Andre Berto, if you, no, no, There's been yeah. no other great... Great people to come from his camp. Yeah. Like no, no, no further greatness has been achieved. I, I, yeah, as you, you're right. I don't think it has been from since Andre Ward. And I think, I think the issue that Virgil Hunter does is, he almost, I don't know. When, when I've watched his other fighters fight, it's almost as if he's trying to get them to fight like a wet, like Ward. And it's like oh. you can't do that. Ward, Ward is a generational talent. Like only he can yeah. fight like that. You can't assume other fighters can do what Ward can do. It's impossible. Well, um, yeah. Co- like Hunter's corner work, no urgency in his corner work either. In terms of yeah, bro, like, it just I, I know. Look, folks, I know he's a very laid back character. He's always been like this. He's always he's known for being very. We've calm seen him show back. urgency with Ward. Thank you. We've Thank seen you. him. Thank you. So in my mind, I'm thinking he doesn't care for these men the same way he cares that's, for that's, Ward. That's, that's, that's and to be fair, maybe it's fair enough because Ward it was like a father son relationship almost mm. between the two of them. So maybe that's that's why. But I'm just seeing, I've never seen, apart from with Ward, when I've seen in show urgency, it's always the same laid back mellow tone with Virgil Hunter, even when his fight is down. And this is the same case yesterday. Yoko was that da- was quite clearly down. The most he was saying was, he's getting tired. His mouth was open, blah, blah. That's like, there was no like, like no urgency there to, to galvanize your fighter who is clearly mm. like, Tony Yoko was, was at the end of every round, bro. Tony Yoko's head down, walking towards the corner. Like, no confidence in his face. Like, head down. As a corner man, you're meant to recognise this and notice that your guy's down. G him up a little bit, you know. Get him, get him active. Yeah. Hunter was the same laid-back, calm tone. Nothing. Mm. So, yeah. I, I bear, bear in mind, one of the greatest co- co- uh, corner speeches has come from Virgil Hunter. <laughs> where he was what? like, Robinson got up. Oh, yeah. Let us yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got (laughs) that was cold. Yeah, it was cold. And this time he was like, Oh, yeah, you need these last two rounds, you need these two rounds. Yeah, it's not you got to do more than that. Um, I've defended Virgil Hunter in the past, I've always said, but right now, I don't know. I don't know. I I wouldn't advise anyone to go to him right now. I'll be so real. It makes you worry for Boaxi, doesn't it? It really does make you worry. Mm. Makes you worry. Um, but yeah, Yoka, man, the performance was flawless. It was a terrible performance. I'm sorry, so shameful for me. Um, I just didn't expect him to. It's almost as if he didn't try. He obviously tried, but 
just the, like I said, the lack of aggressive aggressiveness, the lack of where's the dog, zero dog whatsoever. Mm. Um, and he would land some good stuff and show some good hand mm. speed and combinations and stuff, but it was so few and far between. Like he just didn't really want to trade. He would happily be standing there, pour the jab, get caught, and throw a couple in retaliation, but not much. He didn't really throw many combos. Takam was outlanding him and outworking him. Yeah, it's poor. There was a lack of combinations. I will say this, he he doesn't quit as such, even when things are going his way. Against Bacoli, he he stayed in there, even after... Did he get dropped twice by Bacoli? Or once? Yeah, I think it was twice. Yeah, he stayed in there. This one, well, to be fair, you can't quit against the Takam. You can't fold against Takam, but he stayed in there. He tried in portions, but like you say, there's no dog. There was no dog in him. Zero dog in him. Soft. And, He's soft. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Yeah. He he set high expectations for himself. He wanted to win a world championship time ago. Well, I don't remember he, what, he ever wins one. What, no, he's never. Never. <laughs> remember what he said? He said, when he first, he said he's not going to do it. He's not going to, uh, he said his plan was to, to, um, to fight for a world title before AJ did. Because I think it took AJ about two years, right? Uh, to get a title shot. He was like, um, he was, he, I think it might have been two years since he's when he turned pro. I remember when AJ won his first time. Yeah. Might be him. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might be two years, but yeah, but essentially, I think he, he dropped along the lines that, you know, he was going to do it quicker than AJ. He's not going to wait as, late, as long as him. Um, and the career right now is in the balance, to be honest, folks. He's ne- well, the way he fights at the moment, he's never going to win the world title. He's never going to be in contention. Uh, two losses to Pacoli and Takam back to back. Is insane for a much vaunted heavyweight prospect that he was. That who had we in where we saw that he had gifts. We can see he's got Ooh. some sort of gifts because, like I said, he's got the size, the reach. He's actually when he wants to be, he can move very well. He's very light on his feet. You know, athletically, he looks fantastic. But there's just no dog in there from a boxing point of view. And as a heavyweight, you're not gonna get you can't get away with it. Takam, yeah, close Takam. Yeah, Bruh. and this this version of Takam as well, bro. And um, it was it was in home, it was in Paris, hometown for him. Like, bro, mm. Takam, that's crazy. That is yeah. mad. Shout out to Carlos uh, Takam. That is that is his best one in his career. <laughs> <laughs> I won't call on Joker to retire because there's fights out there, but uh, he doesn't he doesn't beat any of the big. I mean, he's, he's he's a heavyweight. He can fight. Zora. He will lose to Chizora. He would. But... He would. <laughs> There's so, fights out there. So, you, so you might as well retire. If you can't beat Derek Chizora, nah. what, what are you boxing for, man? Bro. You, like, you can become, I don't know, food for these other men, for other coming so guys. crazy. Wow. Because, but he doesn't, he, like, his contemporaries, remember, we put him in a bracket of Hergovich, Joyce. Yeah, yeah. Them, man. They they beat him. <laughs> so, um, I think maybe it's the case of this certain, he's, he can't cope with this certain style. So mm. avoid that stuff, but it's the heavyweight division. Everyone's aggressive. <laughs> Everyone well, comes it, to fight. It, look, it's not even about avoiding that star. But if if let's say I'm a boxer now, I'm a heavyweight boxer, and I get to fight, yeah. I, I don't find that star because the blueprint is there to beat him from Bakoli and Takam. <laughs> guess what? Guess what the hell I'm going to do for us? I'm going to box in that style. Like it's there to beat him. So it's not about avoiding that star. Man will just change and do that style to beat him. That's it. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he could just fight food now, really and truly. Even watch the fighters, up and coming fighters. What the Lucas Browns and that, Mike. Yeah, they're bad. They've had a rematch with him. <laughs> My gosh, that's crazy. 
Yeah. What a fall from grace, and what a sad because he was, as we said, we that crop, the Joyce Herkovich and the Yoko. Mm. We said that's next up, that's a really good crop. That, that Olympic trio, we said mm. that yeah, it's a really good crop to come up, and we look forward to them. But to see him like this, damn, 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 damn. Mm. Don't, or, all, or, don't forget, Flores, the Bacardi fight wasn't meant to happen. It was meant to be yeah. a fight with a, with Herkovic that he was meant to fight. Mm. Meant to be yeah. that, that, and obviously that didn't happen. That fell through. They ordered the hit. Okay, Bacoli then. And that just derailed everything. Crazy. I mean, I'd like to think that Hergovic would have ate my life based on what I saw. But Ooh. at the same time, you never know. It could have gone different. Hergovic, stars make fights. He would Hergovic doesn't fight like Bacoli. Maybe that's Ooh. yeah. It's crazy how things can just turn like that. Mad. Yeah. Maybe it's the case. Um, he should try a new trainer. Let's see what happens then. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's let's, let's not let's, let's not completely write him off because with stranger things have happened in boxing, but for what I'm seeing right now, he can't hang. Yeah, no, <laughs> he can't. So, that, I think that's fair. Yeah, let's see yeah. him without Virgil Hunter. If they yeah. can, new training can, can get some change out of him. And if it's still the same flows in terms of mentally, he doesn't look like he's there anymore, then yeah, you question why you're in the sport for just taking punishment for, for no reason. Maybe call it a day, but yeah, I'll give him another shot if we have a new trainer. But yeah, he ain't, he ain't, he, yeah, he's not the level, he's not the level with. I can't mention him with the likes of Joyce and Hergovic anymore as a potential prospect. It's just there. Yeah, that's done for now. Peak. Ooh. Very peak. Um, let's hype it up for Carlos Takam, though. Shout out to him. That's a great win for him at 42. Um, yeah. Yeah, can prolong his career a little bit now with that huge win. Shout out to him, man. Um, I, I like Takam anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm not too... Yeah, I'm quite happy with that. Um, so, as we go, go, we go head over to Australia. Another major talking point of the week. Uh, Tim Zhu versus Tony Harrison. Uh, what did we say last week? We said last week, Flo, is that you know, we probably might expect that we'll see Harrison outboxing Tim, uh, for portions of this fight until he eventually gets caught and he will get stopped when he does get caught. Um, most likely. Um, I'll probably say, Flo, is that <laughs> Harrison outboxed Tim Zhu for one round, <laughs> the <Ooh>. first round. <laughs> uh, before I'll probably say Harrison before Tim Zhu just sort of overwhelmed him uh with his pressure, uh his combination punching, and just his freshness and youngness, to be honest. Um yeah, really, really big statement went for Tim Zhu. Um as, as you know, obviously stopped Tony Harrison in the ninth. Uh so I want to ask you this, Flows, because we did say that, you know, we we I guess aren't too sure in terms of actually how good Tim Zhu is. Um, because obviously the opponents that he's faced before haven't been maybe of the level that we can sort of rate him at. But based on this performance flows, were you impressed with what you saw from Tim Zhu last night? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I was impressed. Um, yeah. And I think last episode I, I said that I, I was worried for Harrison because we might see a washed Harrison and that Tim Zhu might actually deal with him <laughs> for the whole fight and stop him. And, and flows, it's and fair sadly, to say, right? Yeah. Sadly, that's what we saw. Um, yeah. I, f- I finished Harrison. Um, yeah, Tim Zhu. I, I, yeah, I liked what he was doing. He, he showed good looks. He, he's he approached with a variety of, of punches. It weren't just the same approach. Like he would, sometimes coming with the uppercut with the right overhands with yeah. the jab. So for someone who's high IQ like Tony Harrison, he kept him on his toes and, and was piecing him up for most most of it. While some rounds yeah. were competitive. I just think, yeah, he he was landing some good shots and, and hurting Tony. I, I, was I liked, with... 
Yeah, me too. I like I like I like the performance from him. Um, he showed me more than I thought he had to his locker. I think Flores. Um, granted, you might say because Harrison was kind of washed, but I'm I'm not gonna do that. I, I you know I, I'm I'm gonna say you know I'm gonna give Tim his credit. He looked sharp in there, very very sharp in there. Um, the first round started how I knew it was gonna start in terms of Tony behind his jab. Tony does have a world class jab, as you say. He's got very high boxing IQ. But I think from the first round straight away, one thing was noticeable for me. Harrison, who normally has great movement and is usually on his toes, moving around lateral movement. So as you notice, in that from that first round, it was non-existent. There was none. Harrison wasn't really he was on, he was just he was on his on his he was flat footed, using his upper body movement, but not using his his his, his legs. Um so already I'm there thinking, mm, that's odd. Usually I know Harrison to be a bit of a mover when he needs to be, but fair enough. He's still out jabbing him. So, the, you know, he won the battle of jabs in that first round. And I gave him the first round of the fact that he just was out jabbing him all, all that entire round. But then subsequent rounds now flows. Tim Zui's up the ante, up the pressure, and really got onto um, Harrison. And Zoo's jab surprised me, actually. It was actually quite good. Um, oh. Well, better than I gave, gave, it, gave it credit for anyways. Um, yeah, he's more than just a... He's a bit more than just like a standard pressure bruiser fighter, you know, Flores. He's got he's got a bit of something to his game. Um yeah, sure. Good hand speed, actually, Flores. Very good hand speed. The combination punching as well was really, really impressive. Um, and Harrison couldn't really hang with just how fresh Tim was and just how, I guess, the aggression. Um, and despite Harrison relying on the jab, because the ring was small. Uh, and the fact that he wasn't really moving laterally, it just made it easier for Tim Zhu to get to him. Uh, Harrison really had to move if he was going to sort of keep him off him, but he wasn't because he wasn't doing that. I think it just made the, the work easier for Tim to get to him and pepper him with shots and combinations and stuff. And as you say, you did say it was competitive. It did come a bit competitive because I think from he hurt Harrison got caught with a big shot. I can't remember which round it was, but it was fairly Third early. Round. Third, Third round. round Thank yeah. you. Sweet. Oh, caught him beautifully. Mm. <laughs> Um, had him wobbling back, whatnot. Harrison survived, but I think it was sort of after that round, maybe two rounds later, where Harrison, if you notice, folks, he changed tactic a little bit. He started moving, yeah. and then he started also sitting in the pocket and trading with with Tim, because that initial tactic of just sitting back and just trying to counter with the jab wasn't working one bit. Tim Zhu's jab was better than I think he expected. He was faster than he expected, and his combination bunch was a lot better than Harrison expected. So it just wasn't working. But from him getting caught in that third round, I sort of knew that, look, it's going to happen eventually. He's going to get caught with a big shot and he will either go down or whatever or he's going to be in serious trouble. Um, but yeah, Tim Zhu, really impressive. Pretty impressed by him, actually. Yeah, I really like the work in there. He Ooh. loves an uppercut, boy. <laughs> I think yeah. the commentators were saying it was a signature punch. I could see he loves he loves to spy the uppercut. Um, and even in the rounds where Harrison was game, a bit more game and sort of came out of his show, I think because he had to, because he knew he was down, Tim, he kept poised, kept composed. And then the stoppage of a knife um, came from the beautiful work of of just him remaining poised, catching Harrison with a counter. And then Flo, I, I, I think I lost count. I think he spammed like eight uppercuts in a row. If he got to find the mix, he, he was he was he was mixing up as well. Go to the body he went, as well. He, he went he went to the body as well. Yeah. And yeah. Up, right hooks, left hooks, yeah. uppercut, uppercut. Yeah, really pieced them up. Yeah, um, Harrison got overwhelmed. To be honest, um, it was 
I won't say yeah, you can say a whitewash. Apart from that first round, I could maybe give them maybe one more round, maybe. But most of the rounds to me was quite clear cut, Tim. Um, and yeah, younger, fresher fighter flows. I think it was very apparent. Um, just from the fact that Harrison wasn't using his legs from the start, sort of tells me that yeah, this is kind of a faded Harrison. Also, we know he struggled in this since the loss to Charlo, the second loss, to, uh, the second loss, the second fight. He hasn't. He's kind of struggled in the ring from what we've seen. He hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked the same oh. again. Um, I think he's what 33, 34 now. Um, I think it's quite clear to see that he is, is a faded Harrison, which is a shame. And him being inactive probably hasn't helped either. So um, yeah, man, the youngster one, the freshness one. And um he dropped him after that incredible combination. Harrison got up. <laughs> I don't know how good your audio was, Flores, but you hear the ref when he was No! So obviously he's dropped, he's got it. So he's beat, he's got he's got up at eight, yeah. Folks, I was crying. I had to rewind it. It was so funny. So so obviously he, he's done the standard. Obviously, you know, held his gloves or whatever. He's told him to walk to the left. Harrison's walked to the left, wobbly legged. He's then walked, he said, okay, move, walk to the right. Harrison's walked to the right. Ref goes, no. That's so rude. Oh, it's creasing. <laughs> I know protest from Tony Harrison. We've no, 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 shouted. No protest, of course not. But it's just the refs we saw he was stumbling. No, 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 no. How could the ref go? No. <laughs> I swear he was laughing. He, he, he went no. no. Impossible. Not today. This was over. <laughs> oh man. Oh it's... no! I've never, I've never seen that before. You know that is so funny. Oh man! Shout out to the ref. Very, very oh. vocal. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, right stoppage. Uh, Harrison would have got, got banged in <laughs> if they allowed that continue. He had him recovered. And the fact they didn't protest says it all, really. The ref um, might have even let it go on too long, almost. But um, he did, it, he did. bro. He yeah. did, he, uh, bro. He was, he was against the ropes when Tim's yeah, was banging him. When he was, yeah, bro, he caught him and then he, he was like this. And Over I thought, the jump in. The ref should have jumped in there, but he didn't, anyways. But yeah, um. Great victory for Tim. Um, best win on his resume. This, this is a this is probably his best performance I've seen from him. So don't forget against Galsha, against Galsha, he he got dropped. Remember against 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 Galsha. So oh. and and he's not really a power puncher like that. But definitely this is definitely his best performance. Jamel Jamel was in attendance. He was actually on commentary on the the the, uh, the replay video that I saw. Um, Flows. Do you think um, based on this performance, is should Jamel be worried? Um, mm, I still, I, I was fancy Jamel to win. Still, you know, yeah, um, I, 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 I do as well. Yeah, but we'll see. Once again, you never know how good an undefeated fight is till they prove it to you. So, mm. used to say he can't go in there and do it, but I still fancy Jamel. I think Jamel's aggression. Um, he yeah, won't fight the way. If the aggressive Jamel turns up, then yeah, yeah, I just think the power as well. I think yeah, yeah. I will say actually, I will, uh, so I was, when I was watching someone, I think someone posed a question, and uh, to, just a, a minute to, to, for you to think. Um, okay. With Costa being is that you don't get too many. No, Tim Zoo might Sucks. be the best boxing legend son. Yeah, okay. That we've seen in a long time, and I would, and I was thinking, it made me think, what elite boxer has mm. an elite son? Mm. I, bro, I was racking my brain and I couldn't think of many. I don't think elite, if it's elite, no. I don't think there is one, you know. 
Like, just, I'm, I, just, just name some books, books of father, but, son. But at the same time, but at the same time, Tim isn't as uh, Tim isn't elite. He's still up and coming. He's not yeah. there yet, but he's technically still in the same boat as a Connor. Mm, actually, no, he's, he's, he's ahead of Connor. But in terms of that, that level, in terms of they're both yeah. looking for world title fights or whatever. But yeah, obviously you got Connor Ben there, Eubank, your boy. Yeah, yeah, you got Eubank there, but yeah, he's fourth. Julio Cesar title, Chavez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair, world champion. So, but he made world title. But yeah, he yeah, wasn't true. good. Your boy Campbell Hutton. I was gonna say Campbell Hutton as well, but obviously he's he's fought like three times. But I don't want to count yeah. him. But yeah, his, yeah his so team. far we ha- we we'll haven't see. seen an elite yeah fighter have have an elite son yet. Yeah, yet. In the order yeah. boxing, that's crazy, that's especially crazy. in, in a sport where there's so boxing dads are prevalent. It's hard like, though. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's hard. I, I, it's, it's it's similar to other sports as well. In it, Flores, like you think of like, yeah, you think, I'm just thinking of other sports as well. Like True. all the time, it's 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 a, it's a small pool. It's a very small yeah. pool. Um, mm. It's hard to follow. As you say, it's interesting because yeah, because boxing dads are active. They're there <laughs> yeah. normally. <laughs> it's usually the, the dads that want the fighters really just living their dreams through yeah. their son. They're the ones that get the elite sons. You get yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll see. Maybe one of these days someone will change it. Guess Chavez really has the best resume, the best stake to fame there because he's retired. Yeah. He was a, he was a world champion for quite a while actually. Well, he was Corey Spinks, man. Corey Spinks win the world title? Oh, I think he might have actually. He beat himself. He was I don't know. I can't remember. But he got oh, pieced take, up there. To be fair, that's take, that's taking. Wow, you're, that is taking it back though. Corey Spinks, what a name. Um, boy, Leo um, Leo beat Muhammad Ali. You definitely yeah. grabbed one. I don't think. Yeah, he did actually. Oh, yeah, he did. Corey did. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Corey, 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 yeah. Corey grabbed belts still. Shout out to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a wolf for a break. But yeah, no. Shout out to Tim Zhu. I look forward to the Charlo fight if it does get made. And um, yeah, Harrison. He might have to. Obviously, he's, he's he made a lane for himself coaching Alicia Bambarna. So that's his way out if he has to. Um, even he seemed a bit unsure whether he'll continue, but we'll see. Uh, just one quick thing I want to mention, Flores, next week. Gilberto Ramirez is fighting Gabe Rosado. I don't know how Gabe Rosado is still getting fights, but he is. Um, so yeah, listen, listen if you want if you want action next week, that's all you've got, I'm afraid. <laughs> but yeah, for just wrap it up, it's an episode 133 of a Track Season podcast. Once again, I've been your boy Cam. I'm your boy Flows. And make sure you tune in to this to us on streaming and like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Peace. Yeah.